You're listening to the Fitness Matters Podcast with Paula B., and this is episode number 29. Well, hello again, my Fitness Matters friends. You guys, welcome to another really, really fun episode of the Fitness Matters Podcast, where every week we talk about the fitness matters that matter to you, and this is the second in a planned four-part series about goals. I'm so excited about this. You have no idea. This week, we are tackling the slightly, slightly more practical part of things. We are talking about how to set goals. Now, now I know that we have talked about the setting of goals a little bit more in depth. Last week, just in case you missed it, there will be a link in the show notes or the description box, wherever you watch or listen. Honestly, no matter where you watch or listen, there is always, always, always a way to get to all of the links that I have for you. I've set up a playlist on um, both YouTube and SoundCloud. I, as far as I know, I can't set up a playlist on iTunes. That's going to be kind of up to you or, or Stitcher or most of the other ones. If you are on SoundCloud or YouTube specifically, there will be a link to where you can find everything in this particular series. But I will be honest with you, I already know that today I'm going to be linking to quite a few older episodes of both the Fitness Matters podcast and the Let's Run podcast, like way back in the day because this, honestly, it's ground that we have kind of covered, but but I have I, I have some new information today. I have I have a new wrinkle on how to set goals, and I think I think that's the thing that I am most excited about with this particular episode. As as I have really refined my my thoughts about goals, and and really honestly, specifically, a lot of what I now understand about goals has really come from working with you guys, really specifically you guys in both the Killer Beehive, which is my free private interactive Facebook group, and also the Get Your Goal group, which is my paid private interactive group, where we do nothing but talk about goals. I've really refined my thoughts and my process for goal setting and goal getting, and I really, I have some some really specific ideas that I'm really excited to share with you today. So let's jump right into it. I mean, honestly, today is today is a five-step process. And like always, I know you know what I'm going to say if you are not new to the podcast. You know I'm going to tell you. These steps are simple, but they're not easy. Some of them, some of them are going to give you more trouble than others. Uh, the first one, the first one really shouldn't. And number one, have an idea. <laughs> right? Like, like that's not hard. Truly, have an idea. But but here's where it trips some of us up. Having the idea and letting it pass is something that we frequently do. You know, we'll have a, gosh, it'd be nice to live by the ocean. And then we move on because we kind of automatically dismiss it or we're busy or we're, you know, in the middle of something else or whatever. But listening for that idea Honestly, it's just good practice for almost anything. I mean, we've talked about we've talked about thoughts before and how really truly the first step to any kind of self-awareness, any kind of self-improvement and specifically goal setting and getting, it all comes down to listening to what you're thinking. Your brain has somewhere in the neighborhood of like 60,000 thoughts a day. A day. <laughs> 
right? Like that's insane. That's a huge number. And so most of them pass us by and we just don't even think about them or, you know, they're song lyrics or it's something, you know, mundane that we don't have to hang on to for very long. So most of the time we've gotten in this habit of not, not really listening to our own thoughts. It's just kind of chatter in the background. It's like a white noise machine. So listening for your ideas is, is step one A where you have an idea and you're like, oh, hey, I wonder if I could do that. That's honestly where all of my goals have come from. The I wonder if. It's such a, it's such an interesting phrase that I've come to, I've come to the point now where when I hear that in my head, I'm like, whoa, like it's a big red flag, like not even red flag like that, but like a big, a big beacon to me. Like if I think to myself, I wonder if, then that's a good idea. It's almost always something that is worth my time to stop and listen to and, and pay attention to. And so having the idea is, is the first inkling of where we're going to go. And the thing, the thing about having the idea is that you can have an idea and it might sound very, very innocuous. But as soon as you start trying to grab onto it, it's going to become a slippery fish. Sometimes you might think to yourself, I mean, in, in the event of I wonder if I could live by the ocean. I mean, that's, I think, I think for anybody who likes water at all, that's kind of like a dream. But thinking that idly is very different from turning it into a goal. When I think, I wonder if I could live by the ocean, I picture, oh, living by the ocean, wouldn't that be lovely? And it doesn't have any of the, I mean, any of the practical details, like how would I wash the windows all the time from all that salt water? What would I do in the case of a tsunami? All those other kinds of things. But I, Thinking about it idly is very different from turning it into a goal because the goal makes it one step more real than I wonder if. And when you think something, you can think it in a very, a very amorphous, very like vague sort of a way. But going from an idea and starting to turn it into a goal means that you really have to kind of start circling around it, meaning that you have to know what it is that you actually want. When I say I want to live by the ocean, do I mean I want to live in a house by the ocean? Do I want to, you know, have an RV and travel the world and sometimes be near the ocean? Do I want to just have an apartment that I can go to once in a while? Like, what do I mean by that? In the case of a fitness goal, really more specifically than just a life goal, when you say something like, I wonder if I could lose 30 pounds, or I wonder if I could lose weight, actually, is what a lot of us think. Like, I wonder, I wonder if I could look like that girl in the magazine. I wonder if, if I could have a body like that is sometimes where we start with something like that. But, but that kind of, of vagueness, not super conducive to setting a good goal, the kind of goal that you're actually going to get. And you know what? I really should have clarified that from the beginning. I think we're all pretty good at setting goals, but we're not so great at setting goals that we can actually get. That's, that's really the purpose of what we're talking about today is setting goals that you can get, not just for the sake of setting them, but getting them. 
And that means that when you have that idea, you need to really refine exactly what you want. And I know that we have talked about this one because I specifically, every time I say something about what you really want, it totally makes me want to sing the Spice Girls, just like I did on, if, if you're a longtime listener, it was about six months ago, it was Setting Resolutions Part 2, where I started singing the Spice Girls and talking about, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. When you have an idea and it's vague, it, it sounds perfectly fine, but in order to set that idea in motion, to set it on its path to being a goal, you have to know what you really want. Do you want to lose weight? Do you want to change the shape of your body? Do you want to run a marathon? Do you want to have big muscles? Do you want to compete in a bikini competition? What is it that you actually want? Now, I will tell you, when I first started losing weight many, many, many years ago, like the, the, what I consider the last time, the, the most permanent time, about 14 years ago, what I wanted was to not be fat anymore. And I will tell you now from my position, that was hands down one of the worst goals I've ever set. But it was also one of the first goals I set and everybody has to start somewhere. So, so don't worry, don't worry too much about this part. Having an idea is is the first step. It's the first way to start moving and start funneling yourself into this whole five-step process. But knowing what you really, really want is going to help you with step two, which is to state it in clear, positive I am language. Now, we did, in fact, have an entire podcast about goal language, which was called Goal Language. And I really went into some serious depth about exactly how your brain hears what you are saying to it. And I want to be really clear that when we set goals, we're setting goals with the higher part of our brain, the prefrontal cortex, which is, it's the part where we have, you know, language and, and understanding and where we see the future. It sets us apart from other animals because other animals don't have the ability to plan for the future like we do. The setting goals part comes from that higher brain. The getting goals part comes from what I would call your lower brain or the brain that that animals have that everybody has. I mean, yes, it's maybe a little bit more sophisticated, but truly that that lower part of your brain is driving your behavior. It's driving your daily actions. So when you have the correct language of your goal, it's going to help that lower part of your brain know what to do. The lower part of your brain is incredibly literal. I mean, imagine, imagine, you know, a dog or a cat or a toddler who has some comprehension of, of language and what you want, but also doesn't have much more than the basics. I mean, a toddler is probably your best choice here in terms of when you say, you know, we're going to go do this. You better go do that because the toddler is taking you very, very, very literally. So when you say something like, I want to lose weight, the toddler part of your brain, the lower part of your brain hears, I want. And it's going to try to bring you through your behaviors more wanting. 
It's not going to try and bring you the second part of your sentence, I want to lose weight. The losing weight part gets lost in translation. Your brain really only comprehends a couple of words at a time. And therefore, you need to be really, really, really careful and specific about the language that you use. I have, I have honestly come to find that this is one of, one of the most critical parts of setting a goal that you'll actually get. And yet it's the one that most of us spend the least amount of time on. We think that no matter how we phrase it, that we are heading towards it. But it's really, really hard to head towards something that isn't clear, that isn't future-focused, that your brain, your lower brain, doesn't understand. Changing, I, I wonder if it would be, you know, I wonder what it would be like to lose weight into, I am losing weight changes the way your brain thinks about what you are currently doing. The I am part takes it from theory. It's not I'm going to lose weight or I will lose weight sooner or later and changes it to what you are doing right now. The immediacy of the I am language is critical to actually getting your goal. And again, I'm going to I'm going to refer you to opening up the show notes and clicking over to goal language. It is an entire podcast on this step. For today's purposes, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and move along to step 3 because step 3, this one's really important. You need to put a number on it or if not a number, an end date or a finish line either literally or figuratively. Your brain is just like a GPS. If you don't know where you're going, it can't get you there. So when you say I'm losing weight, this is awesome. I mean, don't get me wrong. I am losing weight is a fantastic start (laughs) to your goal. Putting it in the, the present tense, I am language, excellent, excellent job. But unless your brain knows when to stop, it's going to have a real hard time starting. I am getting to a healthy weight. Also difficult when you don't have a number on it. It's it's very hard for your brain to, to comprehend exactly where you're going. And if you don't know exactly where you're going, I mean, imagine, imagine if you said, I'm going to New York, you know, and I'm talking about the whole state, not the city of New York. I'm going to New York. I mean, you can get started on that, but then as you get closer, and I don't know why I picked a state that I don't know the geography of. <laughs> But as you get closer, you'll really start slowing down your progress because you don't know, well, where in New York am I going? What city am I going to? Am I going to upstate New York? Am I going to Manhattan? Where exactly am I trying to get to? And you'll probably start to lose progress, start to waste time, start to have a lot more difficulty getting to where you want to go. Now, here's the thing. I know that sometimes you don't know exactly. Sometimes you're like, well, but I'd be happy if I lost 10 pounds, but I probably could lose 30 and a healthy weight would be losing 40 pounds. Put a number on it because it doesn't matter. You can change that number at whatever point you want to. Putting a number on it gives your brain a direction to go in. 
I will tell you that if you do have confusion though, if you do flip-flop, it, it can really stall your progress. I, I will tell you this from experience. For the longest, longest time, I didn't know what my goal was as far as YouTube. I kept going back and forth between, well, I mean, of course I'd love to have a million, but I'd be really happy with a hundred thousand. And this was, you know, back when I had like 4,000, but I mean, wouldn't it be amazing if I even had like 10,000 or like 50,000? So I had all these different numbers rolling around in my head and it made it really, really difficult to get real traction. And the thing is, when I finally picked the big number, I mean, the big number, the one million, technically speaking, even that is small. I mean, you know, Blogilates has 4 million subscribers. Fitness Blender has 5 million subscribers. Not that they're like exactly like me, but you know what I'm saying. Other fitness people on YouTube have multiple million subscribers. And honestly, people who aren't in fitness have multiple, multiple million subscribers. Like even that big number that seems so out of reach to me right now, so huge and enormous, even that isn't necessarily a final destination. When I get to a million, I'm probably going to start aiming for two. But one million was was my limit of what I could truly imagine myself doing. And in fact, when I first really, truly chose that goal, I I wasn't even sure if I could do a million. <laughs> now I've said it to you so often. I've said it to myself so often. I've said it to my kids, my family, my husband. I've said it to everybody so often that it really, really seems like, well, obviously I'm going to get to a million. I mean, duh. Like, it does not seem overwhelming. It does not seem crazy to me anymore. But once upon a time, when I was first even remotely trying to settle on this goal, I really, really struggled with what number to put on it. And what I finally ended up doing was going with 100,000 because 100,000 was something that I, I felt like I could probably get to, that it was it was closer, it was close enough. And Again, once I once I started getting some traction on that 100,000 was when I decided that I really needed to go for a million because the 100,000, it wasn't quite compelling enough. I knew that when I got to 100,000 that I wasn't going to be done. So, so my point on this one, put a number on it, is pick a number, any number, to get you going. And once you're going, you can really do some more work here. This, this five-step process isn't... <laughs> It's not going to be like self-enclosed. You're not going to be finished by the time you're done with this five-step process. This is simply the five-step process on how to set your goal. On your way to getting your goal, you'll come back through this again. You'll come back through some of these steps. You'll come back through a lot of this mental work. So don't don't feel like you need to have like the ultimate goal right now. Pick something that feels reasonable, doable, and a little bit scary and put a number on it. And also, you know, put it into positive I am language. <laughs> okay, but moving on, we're going to get to number four. Oh, and you know what? Here, I actually had a reference for you on this one. Putting a number on it, again, with the helping of your brain, we talked about this kind of 
vague feeling versus number feeling in an episode called Are You Doing Enough, uh, which was also about six months ago. And it, it really talks about how your brain wants to work for something concrete and how numbers or or knowing what the right thing is to do is going to be really, really helpful for you. So I, I highly recommend listening to the Are You Doing Enough podcast also. Okay. Number four though, step number four is after you have, you know, had your idea, stated it in clear, positive I am language and put a number on it, my friends, you need to put a feeling on it. Your lower brain operates almost entirely on emotion. It doesn't really have the complex language that we have in our upper brain. So everything kind of boils down to happy, sad, embarrassed, fear. I'm, I'm struggling to come up with something else. It comes down to like your most basic emotions. So what you're aiming for by putting a feeling on your goal is something happy because your body and <laughs> speaking of singing, you guys, I'm going to refer you to an episode of the, it was the Let's Run podcast called Why You're Not Meeting Your Goal, where not only did I, I sing, I sang one of my favorite songs. I sang Janet Jackson, The Pleasure Principle. You are, we all are hardwired, biologically hardwired, deeply hardwired to seek pleasure and avoid pain. When you can put a pleasurable feeling in association with getting your goal, you will you will double down your ability to get it. Having the, the positive I am language, it puts your brain in the right frame of mind. That's fantastic. Having a clear finish line totally helps your brain know where to go. But that feeling, that feeling of accomplishment, that feeling of being finished, that feeling of crossing the finish line or... Uh, I was going to say stepping on the scale, but honestly, stepping on the scale for so many of us has such mixed feelings, most of them not good for, I mean, if you've struggled with your weight for years, stepping on the scale, honestly, not going to be a super powerful feeling to aim for. Feel what you want to feel. Think about that time when you put on those jeans and you feel confident and sexy and amazing and tall for the first time ever. Think about how good it's going to feel to get up and down from the ground easily. Think about how good it's going to feel to walk into a room and know that, you know, you can sit on any chair. Think about what it's going to feel like to cross the finish line running a pace that you have been dreaming about. Think about the feeling that you are actually aiming for. Something that feels amazing. And I'm going to, I'm just going to put a little caveat on this one because I know that sometimes when we do that, we have this, this feeling and then we immediately have a thought, oh, that's selfish or, oh, that's self-involved or, or one of, one of those kinds of things that feels braggy, you know, that, that kind of knock you back from feeling too good about yourself thought that we very frequently have. Go for a feeling that feels just right, that feels happy and confident, and that inspires you to aim for it. 
it, it's it can be very difficult to allow yourself to want something that can feel kind of kind of selfish kind of maybe vain allowing yourself to to feel that way and to aim for that feeling is part of this process working through some of that muck and in fact in fact <laughs> Here we go with step five. Okay, so far, so far, you probably haven't really fought me on this one. Having an idea, very easy. I mean, easy, simple. I mean, not bad. Not bad at all, right? Uh, You know, I mean, defining it, coming down to what you really want, and then step two, stating it in clear, positive I am language. You might have gotten a little bit of pushback on that I am language. Hearing the difference between I want to lose weight and I am losing weight can cause some thoughts to come up. Putting a number on it can definitely cause some thoughts to come up that feel a little scary, a little bit like pushback. And then putting a feeling on it. Here we go. Am I really, am I really that vain? Am I really that self-involved? Do I really want to do this? Well, my friends, step five, here it is. Here is where we get out a piece of paper and a pen. Yes, a pen. I don't want you to erase this. I want you to have this in front of you and I want you to to really sit down and make a list. My friends, if you know me at all, you know I love me a list. I'm a list maker and this list is not going to be easy, but I'm going to ask you to do it because this is the thing. The thing. The other four things, totally critical. This one, critical and essential. It is it is the thing that's going to make the difference between you setting a goal and you setting a goal and getting your goal. I want you to make a list of why you can't have it. <laughs> right? Who wants to think of those things? Who wants to bring up all that yuck? Nobody. But But if I have taught you anything, my friends, and I hope I have, I mean, not just in this episode, but like throughout the time that you have been listening to the Let's Run and Fitness Matters podcast, I hope that I have taught you that you've got to dredge up the yuck. Do not be afraid of thinking awful, terrible things. Do not be afraid of feeling awful, terrible things. Because when you feel them, you can let them go. This is why we are dredging this junk up. When I, when I decided, when I finally really decided, decided that I was going to go for a million subscribers, I had nothing but self-doubts, <laughs> nothing. And I made a list and I, I'm going to share with you. I'm actually legitimately going to share with you a list of some of the things that I have thought about with this setting this goal about how, I mean, here, let me just, let me just show you. I, this isn't, this is not the entire list. I'm for the sake of brevity of this episode, I'm going to share a few, a few things that I thought. Number one, always. I'm too old. (laughs) Number two, my videos are, and I'm putting air quotes around this, homemade. They lack production value. Um, Number three, I'm not a good video editor. Number four, I'm lazy. Number five, I hate Instagram. Number six, I'm too dumb. Number seven, I don't know how to hire people to help me. (laughs) Number eight, (laughs) I I talk too much. (laughs) 
Okay, again, long-time listeners are probably laughing at, I mean, I hope you're laughing at some of these because some of these, man, some of these are old thoughts. And in fact, I'm going to refer you to the episode Old Thoughts when we talk about how, how much work it might take to get rid of old thoughts and how little work it might take to get rid of old thoughts that feel un, ungetridable of that that these things are going to come up again and again and again. And you just have to remind yourself, that's a thought I've had before and I don't have to think it. Here's why you're making the list though. When you make this list, it's not just to make yourself feel bad. It never is. I mean, honestly, anytime I ask you to make a list of like things that feel really yucky, I'm never ever going to just leave you with the luck or with the yuck rather. I'm always asking you to dredge this stuff up so that you can do something with it. Specifically in the case of setting yourself a goal that you can actually get, the reason you dredge this up is so that you can strategize how to get past it. This is actually your strategy list. Because when you have a strategy for how to deal with this stuff, you'll move forward with confidence. Let me tell you something. I'm too old. How about I make myself a channel that caters to women my age? Uh Uh-huh. Workouts for women over 50 sound familiar? Hopefully, because maybe that's where you know me from. If not, hey, by the way, I'm Paula B and I make workouts for women over 50. We talk about menopause all the time. My home videos are homemade or lack production value. How about that is the whole point. I appeal to women my age, really specifically, who are kind of introverted and who aren't really interested in going to the gym and really just kind of want a friend at home to like work out with in your living room or your basement or your bedroom or whatever, where you don't have to feel like you have this whole setup and you have this whole thing and it's not a big deal. It's just, hey, we're in our living room and we're chatting and talking. And by the way, we're also sweating and getting a great workout. The other one, I'm not a good video editor. Honestly, I I don't need to be is really how I dealt with this one. I have watched specifically fitness videos. Some, Some fitness videos are so plain and straightforward. Some of them have a lot of like jump cuts and body movements and really focus in on some muscles or, you know, other, other stuff. And I don't personally find those easy to follow along with. My my strategy is to be easy to follow along with so that a woman my age doesn't get confused by the jump cuts and the fastness and the loud music and the all the other gigas and bells and whistles. I, I truly I I watch other fitness videos that have a lot of stuff on screen with like the interval timer and the total timer and the calories burned and the this and that. And it's like, how, how, what am I paying attention to here? For me, it's a lot like trying to watch my kids play video games where I do not understand what they are doing. Having, having nothing else on screen or very little else on screen is part of my appeal. I'm lazy. I love this one. This is, this is a thought I have had since I don't even know when. And it made me laugh when it came up because I was like, really? I'm lazy? Like, 
do you know how much I've run? Do you know how, how hard I've worked to get where I am? Do you, do you pay attention to anything I'm doing on a daily basis where I'm making lists and I'm being productive? Like, like that to me wasn't even something I necessarily needed to strategize past. It was simply a thought where I was like, oh, there it is again. I don't have to listen to that thought anymore. So I could essentially dismiss that one. I do actually have a another thought that when I'm lazy comes up, it's like I'm always doing enough to get where I want to go. Because because I am. I'm always doing enough to get where I want to go. The next one, I hate Instagram. You guys, you guys, it's so funny again how this one comes up. I haven't I haven't tried very hard to dive into what my problem is with Instagram, but I do know that I did come up with a strategy very recently. I actually disact or deactivated my account. I, I enjoy being on Instagram when I'm on Instagram, but when I am off of Instagram, I constantly feel guilty that I'm not on it enough, that I am not doing enough, that word enough, that I am not putting out good content, that I'm not answering DMs fast enough. There's a lot of self-inflicted pressure that I don't need. I mean, the fact is I actually don't need to be on Instagram to be successful on YouTube. I know there's lots of you who don't do Facebook and don't do other social media and would really like to see me on Instagram. And I totally understand that. But also part of, part of being good at YouTube for me means working on my mental health, working on my, my clarity of my vision. What I want is a million subscribers on YouTube. I don't need anything on Instagram or Facebook, honestly, or Pinterest or, or anything else. I actually don't need any other social media to be successful at YouTube. And sometimes that means that I have to let go of platforms that other people would love to see me on. I let go of Twitter a long time ago, like a super long time ago. I, I was barely ever even on Twitter before I let that one go. But I, I really struggled with Instagram for a long time before, before right now, where I am making the decision at least for right now to let it go. At some point in the future when I can when I can dig through some of the yuck that it brings up for me as far as like comparisons or enough language and all that kind of stuff. When I have the time and the space to do that work, I'll probably come back to Instagram. But right now my strategy is to let it go. You're going to love this next one. You already heard it. I'm too dumb. You guys, long-term listeners, you remember this one. In fact, I think this is the one that I talked about during Old Thoughts, the episode Old Thoughts. I, I'd i be hard-pressed to tell you exactly when, when I really started talking about the I'm too dumb thing. But I tell you what, again, this this is an old thought. This is something I've thought so many times, like the I'm lazy. It's like, oh, brain, you are so funny offering me this old thought again. But remember, remember, I don't have to think that. And I'm smart enough. I'm smart enough to get exactly where I want to go. So this thought of I'm too dumb, I don't need a strategy to get around that. I just need to remind myself that I'm smart enough. I love it when my brain offers me something just ridiculous like that, something that I have already dealt with, something that I already have another thought ready to replace it with, and yet, boom, there it comes one more time. 
but I'm not, I don't, I don't have to listen to it. It's definitely just an opinion, not a fact, not something I need to pay attention to. So I don't know how to hire people to help. This one, I mean, this one really is a very practical, strategical thing. I don't know how to hire somebody to help. Well, then I'm going to find out, aren't I? <laughs> I guess I'm going to read a book or watch a YouTube video or any number of other resources that I could get to, to help me figure out how to hire people for my small business. Other people have absolutely done this and all I need to do is jump in. Now that that one specifically, that strategy, is going to take some more mental work and I already know that. You will find some things on your list where you will be able to, to come up with like the first step of a strategy, like me right now, talk to other people about how they've hired help. But there's still going to be some more mental work to be done. When you are making your list of why you can't have what you want and you're coming up with strategies based on the the things on your list, some of them you're going to revisit a couple of times. Some of them you're going to revisit, I mean, like the I'm too dumb, some of them you're going to revisit for the rest of your life and just remind yourself that it's something you don't have to think. But some of the more like practical ones, especially something like I don't know how to, you're going to need to to come back to that probably a couple of times before you really settle on a specific strategy but give yourself give yourself the first step of the strategy right now so that you can move forward to getting your goal and then i talk too much i love this one i love this one i talk about your old thoughts i have actually as you have well noticed now that we've been on this podcast together for however long you've been listening I talk too much is my superpower. It is not a reason why I cannot have a million subscribers. It is, in fact, the reason why I'm going to have a million subscribers. It is who I am. And when I am who I am, when I'm Popeye, apparently, (laughs) it's going to attract the exact right people who need to hear what I have to say. It is not a problem. It's it's probably the solution. You guys, this list that you make is absolutely going to be the hardest part of what you do. I mean, of the five steps, I, I eased you in nice and, nice and simple with the first couple of them, but this is where the pushback is going to come. This is the one that's going to take you the most amount of time. And I know that some of you, some of you really wanted to, st- to skip directly from have an idea into, okay, now I'm going to eat, you know, 500 calories a day and exercise for an hour and a half and that'll, that'll totally get me where I want to go, Right. I know. I know what it's like to be impatient and to want to just get the goal right now, today, no matter what. <laughs> but but you really do need to go through all of these steps of setting your goal. When you have a really well-crafted, well-stated, clear, clear feeling, clear sounding goal, it's going to make the next step, which is getting it like a million times easier. And you'll notice that I honestly, I didn't even tell you how to get your goal because, because it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, like, I know that sounds so funny, but honestly, the setting of your goal takes way more mental work or at least as much mental work as the getting of your goal. The strategy that you use to get your goal Honestly, it rarely matters. I mean, think about almost any fitness goal you could have. Think about think about my goal of attracting a million YouTube subscribers. People do that in 
dozens of different ways. Some people go out and build a social media following somewhere else and then bring them all over to YouTube. Some people go super flashy. Some people spend money. There's all kinds of ways that I can get a million YouTube subscribers and they're all perfectly valid. If you want to lose 50 pounds, there are dozens, if not hundreds of ways that you can do that. It doesn't matter which one you choose. It's not part of the setting your goal process. It doesn't matter. You'll get there how you get there. And and that is is actually, here's a little foreshadowing, something that we're going to talk about next week. Next week, is we're going to dive a little bit more into into the mindset stuff. And again, not so much with this practical stuff. The practical stuff takes care of itself in so many ways when you deal with the mindset part. I highly, highly, highly encourage you to go through all five steps of this goal setting process. Even if you have already set yourself a goal. I mean, this is something that I have actually come back to a couple of times. I had this goal. I'm, you know, I'm getting a a million YouTube subscribers. And then I came back around to how am I stating this? I I had already had the number, the number I had already worked on, but putting the feeling on it, like, what's that going to feel like when I have a million? And then, and then this list, I mean, I had that goal of being successful on YouTube for years before I made the list of all the reasons why I couldn't have it. Take the time, even if you are already well on your way to getting a goal and you're just listening to this for fun take the time to go through all five of these steps. It's going to help you really solidify where you are with your goal and, and how to, how to get it by having your goal set so beautifully. If you feel like sharing, you know, I want to hear, I mean, you know that you can come find me any place, but Instagram (laughs) or Twitter. But seriously, come and find me and leave me a comment and let me know. I would love to hear what goal you have set for yourself. My friend, my friend, I'm going to talk to you next week when we're still talking about goals. Next week is step three. And I'm really excited about that one too. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon. 